0: Welcome to the Stories for Nerds Podcast.
1: And
2: now, with another epic episode. Here are your hosts for SFN.
3: What's up everyone and welcome to the first episode of the ninth season of the Stories for Nerds podcast, a show featuring a group of sci-fi and fantasy authors who not only love to discuss the latest adventures in books, TV, film, video games, anime, and all other forms of nerd entertainment, but they read and collaborate stories as well. Once again, I have the pleasure of being here with Abby Goldsmith. Hello. Hello, Scott Parkin. Good morning. Good morning, because it's morning somewhere. And Eric Johnson. Good evening. Good evening. So, folks, if this is your first time being at this show or listening to this show, I mean, you are really late to the game at this point. But uh, for a little context, uh, we switch things around every other ep- episode, uh, what we like to call our uh, episodes. Uh, first, uh, uh, first, we like to start off with nerdy chats where we just talk like to talk about all the nerd stuff that we've been up to. And then sometimes we seg- uh, segment out to having a more defined subject matter. And then we also do round robins, which are story by nerd segments where we do uh, collaborations where one of the authors on the panels, we start with the opening and then we switch off to the climax and then we switch off to the conclusion. But since this is the first episode of this season, we are going to be starting with our nerdy chat episode. But before we do that, we always like to get updates with the authors on the panels. But before we get started with that, I want to make a public announcement. Uh, this was something that was discussed with the crew, uh, at the final, uh, with the final, uh, episode. But all good things must unfortunately come to the end, and so I am here to you know, announce that this is indeed going to be the final season of the Stories for Nerds podcast. It's uh, the, I went and gave a grander detail of, of why uh, we, uh, I came well, not we, but why I came to this conclusion uh, with the crew. But it's uh, it's uh, it's. Pretty much comes down to per professional and personal reasons. It was a very, very tough, bittersweet decision or, or, or choice to make just because I know that we've, for, for me, I feel, I feel like the podcast has just gotten better and better every single year, every single season. And I have nothing but love and respect and adoration with the co-host that I have on this crew. And, and that was like one of the hardest reasons why I came to this uh, decision. So yeah, that we have, we are going to be, uh, pretty much doing a, f- this is going to be our farewell, <laughs> our, our send off tour for the season, but, all that being said, that doesn't, uh, deter from, from the, the format of, of this podcast or, or the season. We're still going to run the full length. That being 25, uh, episodes for the year, but, uh, just want to, uh, make sure that we had that announcement first and foremost at the start of this, just so we could, uh, kind of clear the air with that. Whew. But on uh, to some better news. <laughs> like I said, we we um like I said, we always like to get updates with the authors on the panels, and uh we always like to start with our fire redhead. Uh Abby, I think congratulations are in order because um, um not to take too much away from you, but uh you published another book while you we were away. A productive you? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
4: Book number two of the Torth series is out now, and this is pretty much still it's Just about its launch week. Um, so yeah, Colossus Rising by Abby Goldsmith. It is out on Amazon Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, and Audible. And And also paperback. Yes.
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And, and rest assured, we will include links to that in the show notes. But congratulations, Abby. So, uh, yes. So so how, I gotta ask, how did the process for publishing your second book go by comparison to the first one?
4: Um, I mean, things move quickly. You know, my publisher's already kind of like, all right, third one is in the pipeline. I Four
3: know, years. I saw yeah. that they yeah. already got it set up, or no, for for March of May. What? what wow. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah it, it's very quick. Um, but this is really their mo. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think they would move slightly slower if if they weren't already written. But since they're all pre-written, all they have to do is. Get the art and the narration. Right. So, um, so anyway, yeah, it's quick. Um, I guess like now I sort of know what to expect. Like it's not as scary, but it's still like it's honestly. I think every book launch is kind of harrowing on the yeah, network. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I also want to share that book one was listed in the top one hundred indie books of the year by Kirkus Reviews.
2: So nice that. indeed That's nice.
0: nice
4: congratulations yeah thank you
0: has that translated into sales for you
4: um i don't really have access to the sales data my publisher does so i kind of like get a quarterly statement after the fact so i'll see in, in a few quarters i guess right um, yeah but but to be honest like yeah you know science fiction is a hard sell this book has always been very difficult to pitch um the series like it's just a weird series it doesn't fit in neatly into a subgenre it doesn't have easy comp titles which is like you can't easily compare it to what was popular last year Mm. so that's always like that always makes it a little harder for any any author um yeah yeah. (laughs) yep but that is what it is you know i I never write to market i don't use ai to write and i'm very proud not to do that so
3: yeah (laughs) <laughs> but even despite all that, I mean the recognition that you you've gotten for that achievement, I mean that speaks volumes in itself. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course, Mr. Scott, you have, you, you have been, you've become our unofficial designated uh,
0: carpenter. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it seems.
4: Yeah, yeah, we. Yeah, saw those are picture. some nice works.
0: Yeah, those are really which, nice. Which doesn't show well on a uh, audio only podcast. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. No. Sorry, I, guys, I a you're
3: just of- gonna have to take our word for it. Okay. That's a-
0: <laughs> I made a couple of things out of wood for uh, as Christmas gifts: a uh, door harp, one of those things with the strings that you hang on the back of a door and it plays plinky noises, shaped like a harp. Um, and then a, a jewelry box for. Uh, for the same child, so, and I'm actually finished the woodworking today on a uh, on a uh, skill builder stool for the garage. So, yeah, fun stuff. Oh what type of stool? Uh, it's a skill builder. I'm, I'm trying to learn oh. a new technique, and so right. I did, which is through tenons, uh, pinned through tenons. Um, Four of them will be wedged, have wedges driven into them to tighten them into the, into the mortise. The other one will be wedged from the side so that it's held in place by wedges coming in from the sides. Anyway, uh, I'll show you pictures when I, when I.
3: Nice. I'm probably gonna
0: sand it tomorrow and uh, I'll take pictures then. So. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, actually, I did, um, Finally got frustrated with that Super Dragon novel and uh, <laughs> jettisoned it entirely and started from scratch and wrote about 6,000 words on it. So, Ooh. you know, it is what it is. And I'm happier with the way it's starting. We'll see I
3: was I going to ask you that. So for some people that might sound painful, but was it painful or was it actually a relief?
0: For me, it was a relief because I've been, I've been trying to figure out how to fix a fundamentally flawed manuscript. And unfortunately, because it was written with good intent, but not according to plan. This is the downside of pantsing kids. Um, is, uh, I ended up with just some gaps and some holes and some structural problems that I could not find a way to, um, edit. I had to just say, okay, you know, so yeah, I tossed about 90,000 words, which is not a huge amount, but it's, it's, you know, standard novel size. I was about to say that's a, that's a book. And, uh, uh, started over again. Yeah. So
4: that, yeah, that takes a lot of guts. I mean, and I have to say, like I've also learned recently, I'm not a pantser. So you know, like I, I honestly don't know how people do that. Um, yeah, yeah.
3: So some some people got it like that, and and I mean, some people have it, and some people don't. I know I tried uh, the uh, the latest novel like that, and I mean, it was it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't think I'll do it again. Actually, the first book I wrote, uh, the uh, uh Proja, I actually did, uh, the, 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 the first book was, uh, I, I just did from start to finish. But I, I, I think the only reason I was able to get away with that was just because that story had been in my head for years. So I already, it had just accumulated so much to the point where I knew almost scene for scene of, how to get from point A to point B. But immediately after that, it was just like, Oh no. And that being said, maybe let me, okay, let me backtrack because the first draft, I, I just went, you no, know, you no, know, from, uh, point A to point B. I mean, I did, I just did a whole story, but with, without an uh, uh, outline. But then when I did my second run, I actually did consider doing an outline just because I kept hearing about the whole concept of it because, mind you, I'm a brand new author at this time, so doing outlines and and, and structure and all that stuff, this was like all foreign to me at the time. I was like, okay, well let me see what this is all about. And I was like, oh, wow. This makes so much more sense. I can't wait to write my second story and try this out. And once I tried the second story with an outline, I, I... I, I haven't been able to do panting writing ever since.
0: Well, and and structurally, part of what happened to me is that I originally wrote that as a short story. Oh, um, sure. As basically a, I'm not even sure what the right word for it is. As a as a love song to my wife.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I thought, you know. If I just fill in the details, I'll have a novel length piece here. And I fill right. in the details and I did a lot of good things. Yeah. That's the thing is it wasn't like I did a bad job on everything. I just didn't have – because it was originally written as kind of a uh, uh, an ode to my wife, I treated the character far too gently. Mm. Uh, I was far too nice to her. Oh. Um, and –
3: that's really sweet, oh, considering the... the Th-
0: this the, is going to sound horrible, right? Because now I'm going to beat my wife in <laughs> um, And I don't mean it that way, right? But I'm going to take the character that was based on... Right, my... Anyway, the character is actually named for my wife. Um, and And... I can't think of the character as her anymore. I have to think of the mm. character as disconnected from any yeah. and all realities and do to the character what needs to be done to a character, which yeah. is pain followed by pain followed by false hope followed by pain. Oh, no, I get it. I totally and get it. And then either victory or utter defeat. Take your pick. Don't care which. Yeah and i I didn't want to put her through any pain and now i'm putting her through pain
3: and i was about to say i think a lot of storytellers like especially like those who've written enough stories like they start to bring in characters or individuals from their real life and they 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 do they kind of give a what would i like to call that a shout out to to those like um, uh people who've been really big at Aspects to our lives and stuff, and and eventually you kind of have to realize, like, you know what? I made this person in recognition and dedication to this individual that I hold dear in my life, but that that can't be this person because, you know, in real life, you know, you want to protect them by all costs and everything. But like you said, when it comes to storytelling. And 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 having you no know, character growth and good development and everything, they
0: they have to, sometimes they gotta go through the reins a little bit. And more. traditionally, at least for me, when I've used actual people and I use a lot of real people as mm. secondary characters or as right background pieces that I yeah. play to in my mind but don't necessarily put on the page. This is the first time I'd ever actually put someone as the main character who was not me. Mm. Um and it was, as I say, I was, I was just too gentle. I, I, I didn't want to hurt her. And well, Aww. she's not my wife anymore. She's Lena. <laughs> <Lina>. uh, <laughs> she's Lee Kai. Lena was her mom. Um, yep. So yeah. Lee going to go through the, through the ringer. There you go. <laughs> it is, it's, still be all the better for it. Well, hopefully the reader, uh, hopefully I will have a reader and, uh, other than my wife and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be pissed off if you, if you and they'll find far. it, they'll find some joy in it. So yeah, yeah we'll see.
4: Yeah. I or have to say, but my, in my new series, the protagonist has a number of attributes that are very recognizable in my husband.
0: Oh, um, and it's entertaining to take someone like that and to intentionally put them through, through the ringer because they know who they are, and now we're going to have some fun. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I was about to ask y'all. I was like, do y'all ever
3: actually go and tell them, like, hey, hey, you know this person? I actually made them based off of
0: you. Weesh.
4: He thinks it's hilarious, and, I mean, it's obviously not him. It's a medieval world, and it's a teenager. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's like, I mean, we there's a lot of laughing going on, and, and honestly, I don't plan to put him through too much of a ringer, other than his... Parents getting executed right away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> other than that. so uh, Abby, man, let's talk about your in laws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they're, they're,
4: they're just like, you know, crappy parents. So it doesn't matter. You have to orphan your character. Or oh, they
0: deserved it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Different, that's different.
4: Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, wow. so other, than, other than, you know, trauma right away, it's actually. Like it's foundational
0: kind of- trauma. It's different.
4: It is. Yeah. We foundational- don't
0: kill them on screen. They're dead when we get here.
4: <laughs> oh, they don't on screen. But anyway. Oh, okay. Oh.
0: <laughs> That's a good way to open a novel, by the way, is to kill them on screen and then We're trying um, to get to the without of that, Abby. Come it's, on. It's, it's like Guy Fleegman, uh, the guy who dies before the first act to prove that the situation is serious. Um, yeah.
3: yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> I can't help it. Like, I, I have some kind of mental problem where I really like to kill characters on screen. I don't
0: know. Okay,
1: <sighs>
4: it, it's a little bit weird.
0: Well, you know what? <laughs> You're publishing your third out of six book, uh, second out of six books, and you kicked my ass. So there you okay. go. But I'm pumped. I don't know. <laughs> oh my <laughs> word! <laughs> yeah.
4: I honestly, my husband's played a big role in, in keeping me from killing too many characters. So, um in in that Torth series that's being published.
3: He There's told no telling he how many telling lives him. have been saved. Through he, the ca-
4: he saved billions. billions, <laughs> billions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> Tantaween, thanks you, <laughs> right?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's hmm. it's funny. I actually, told that to some readers, like who are reading later books, and I'm like. If if you are wondering why this character is alive right now, you can thank my husband. And they're like, "Thank you so much." You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: you got to keep them alive so that you can torture them even more. No. Right.
3: Exactly. You know what, dude? For real, that's the messed up thing about it. Actually, I had a character who I had every every intent of like, well, in, in my story, but then I kind of realized, like, oh no. Wouldn't it be better if I kept them? And they have to go away, so I can make those. They have to. Oh my away god! You know what? We're gonna make people way. think that authors are psychopaths
0: on this <laughs> Well, yeah. No. I mean, no. what's your point? I don't understand the question.
4: <laughs> we can't help it, right? And also, yeah. like, like here's the thing: like, there's gamers out there that like do first-person shooters and they murder people constantly, and it's it's their way of blowing off steam. So that's just what we're doing. It's
3: no different.
0: And as yeah. long as readers are reading it we will write it. Have a nice day. It's your fault. Yeah, you made us this way, readers.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I'll>, I'm <laughs> gonna put it on you guys. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and move along. Um as as far as like the stuff that I've been working on, um I'm um, still uh I actually I did uh finish the second run of my of my uh standalone sci-fi. Uh Ugh, it was gross. <laughs> you know, because it's so nice and fun, like, when you go in the, the first time where you can just write for the sake of writing, but when you have to put on that critical uh, critical mind and and, and go through, like, all the technicalities and everything, man, that I I, I cut off a lot, a lot, of, I mean, a lot of fat, and, ugh, I mean, it needed to be done, but wow, I was just like, ugh. What was, what was I thinking? Who wrote this? I was like, Oh, right. I did crap thing. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually, usually I just do, well, with, with these type of stories, I, I do two, uh, two test runs and then I, I send it off to some beta readers. But, um, since I did such an extensive overhaul with, with this second run, um, I'm, I'm actually going to backtrack and just, Really take my time with another one and might consider doing another one. Um, but I, whatever the case, I mean, it, it's, it's still progress. I mean, the story at the end of the day, the story's better for it. Um, I'm sure most authors were always our worst critics when we we're like going in and, and reviewing and analyzing like what stories were done. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, going back to what Scott was saying, I mean, uh, sometimes you just gotta, You you do what you gotta do for you know, for the story to be better at well in this instance I didn't have to overhaul the whole thing and start from scratch. But I mean, I've talked about before. There there was an instance where I was thirty thousand words into a story and that was pretty much like the opening act. I was like, um, no, this isn't working. So by that sense, um I think I did it. I think
0: I've done better. Just and, and I- different authors have different approaches to their text. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a friend who, who, who worries over every single syllable. And oh, once it's written, it's written. It's not to be edited. It's not to be altered. Whoa. I, on the other hand, came up through right technical communication. I was a technical writer for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I generated page counts, man. So wow. to me, writing a book and throwing it so that I can figure out you know, I wrote the first books so that I could figure out what to write in the second book Yep. or in the second version of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it depends on who you are, right? Yeah. But I would argue that if you, if you, if you're not comfortable tossing words, you're not comfortable writing them in the first place. Yeah. Speak on it, dude. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And
4: I, I personally, yeah, like I'm a perfectionist and I, I'm trying to get over that habit because I think it's, Detrimental in a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, sure. Sort of working
3: against it. Sure. Because, I mean, um, to be fair, I mean, you, you do have to realize at some point is like, okay, it, it has to, it has to be done. Uh, you, you have, you have to kind of like let it fly. And, and, and I've been called a, you know, a perfectionist to, to a certain extent as well. And, and I know I, I, this is, I, like stories, there there are babies, and when, when we when we, we kind of let them out to fly and everything, we want to make sure that they're kind of well re- received and stuff. And and no story is ever going to be perfect, and and that's that's the hardest realization that we have to realize because once it goes public it's really not so much our story anymore as it is like the readers we we, we have to kind of just leave it up to their interpretation if they like it great and if they don't like it hey that's okay too it might not have just been meant for you or or what what have you but um but whatever the case um i i really didn't stress during what i had to do it was just it, it, it just felt like a really gross process. Of how to read all that?
0: Oh, I was gonna say filth, but <laughs> well, no. I mean, that's part of the thing is when you're, especially if you're like me in your initial writing phase, you're including a lot of details because that's what's the richness of saying your mind. And then as you yeah. go through and try to refine the story, you are you are yanking stuff. Yeah, you're you're cutting scenes, you're restructuring scenes, you're eliminating entire characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah you're you're yeah you're going at it real I mean there is some stuff there are
3: some scenes where I was moving stuff around so much like like even even though i I write in an outline and stuff I think I've said this before even like sometimes even in writing an outline and as meticulous as I am in my right line form once you get to manuscript you realize certain things once everything is on. Quote unquote paper. So I was like, wait a minute. No, this, this actually makes this segment right here makes a lot more sense in this area. And if you do kind of move stuff around, that really resets the whole, like that can like reset like a, the whole structure of like certain parts of the story and everything. But hey, I mean, you got, you, you got to do what you got to do for the sake of the story. Let the story do what it needs to do, you know. But so so I, I as 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 cranky as I might sound about the process, it it, it was fun. It was, it was enjoyable, and I I look I look forward to well, actually I already started like my second round of it. But um I'm enjoying like the second the second process of it. Okay, so how about we get into some nerdy news where we offer some sci-fi and fantasy book recommendations along with updates and nerd culture before we get to our nerdy chat. And uh well, the f- we're going to start this season uh, with a s- epic fantasy, and um, I think we were talking about this before. But it's called Colossus Rising, a dark sci-fi epic fantasy. Excuse me, sorry, Abby. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Look,
0: our our it, one, it,
4: it should appear. It should appeal to all audiences of sci-fi and fantasy. In my
0: opinion, it's epic yes. fantasy <laughs> and sci-fi and dark and adventure and yes, <laughs> and yes.
4: It doesn't fit neatly in a subgenre.
0: <laughs> it's your goals of a kind. Now, now <laughs> I'm mad that that's
3: not how it ended. It should have just ended in all caps. And yes, yes, <laughs> and
1: yes.
3: So, in this thrilling dystopian space opera, escapees flee a ravaged Earth. Bulb. What's more dangerous, the wasteland of their past or the one that lies ahead? Having obliterated... Ew. Having obliterated... Obliterated... Freaking A, words are hard. (laughs)
1: hard. (laughs) 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 Obliterated.
3: The Taurus majority is now threatening humanity itself, burning through deep space and hunted every dark mile by armadas, saboteurs, and kamikaze armies of a refugee steamship must outrun everything they left behind if they hope to stay alive. Instilled with illegal superpowers, help me, Abby. Ariok. Ariok, thank you, is a literal giant among gladiators. It's in his blood. His legendary great-grandfather outweighed the Torth, and Ariok himself dared to betray them. Thomas, on the other hand, is a super genius. Sure, he's... Physically disadvantaged, but his mind is a brainwashing, telepathic, terrifying wonder to behold. Now he's done, excuse me, what he's done to outlast the abuses of his youth is something of a mystery and possibly malevolent. Not even the, is it by? Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not even by. This caretaker. Eric, can I hear you chuckling? Shut up. <laughs> His caretaking and the foster sister knows all of Thomas' secrets. But all three share is a fear of the unknown. Their ship on the last dredges of fuel. They crash land on a distant planet still under the toxic storm-filled fallout of an ancient nuclear war. Turns out this hellscape is the ancestral homeworld of the Taurus. And while that savage empire couldn't withstand this poisonous sludge of a planet, it doesn't mean they still, there's, it doesn't mean they're not still guarding it. Eric, I swear to God, I'm gonna put you on mute.
0: <laughs> Putting you on mute. I thought <laughs> you couldn't see us. <laughs> I can hear it. You can hear it. I could hear it. You should see it. It's a lot more fun than that. <laughs> I'd rather not.
3: Folks, for the, for those of you who who can't tell, my camera isn't working. Thank God in this instance. <laughs> you know what, forget I'm just going to skip to the final volume. The second volume of the Hit Sci-Fi Fantasy Series with more than 750,000 views on rural now available on Kindle, Kindle Limited, and Audible.
0: You got through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> Sorry. We're not it's... laughing. <laughs> yes, with you, are. you were yeah, laughing. I you. to say. You. Oh
3: yeah. You're not <laughs> laughing <laughs> toward
0: <laughs> you. It's totally different.
3: Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> links in the links in the show notes if you want to support Abby.
4: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Please support Abby. Um, yeah, please support Abby. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can mock uh raf by okay
4: look i'll say that it's a bit of a long description um i didn't write it (laughs) it was
3: it was
4: (laughs) the description on world is shorter um
0: it's all those names
4: look they they have to include the names in the description i don't know why
0: the thing. Do they though? <laughs> they do. do they really?
4: It's a it's a rule. It's a it's one of those rules that the publishing industry abides by for no reason. Oh, okay.
0: But
4: yes. Um yeah, no, I mean I I think Thomas has a pretty normal name. Ariok and Vi are a little weird. If it makes you feel any better, the audiobook narrator has been pronouncing it Ariok. <laughs> so uh Ooh, ariak. Yeah. Ariok. Ariok. Yeah, I so like. every time he says that I'm like, No, it's hard. Yeah. It's like, it's
1: okay.
4: <laughs> um people can pronounce hey, name. Yeah. yeah, they can pronounce, pronounce his name any way they want. I don't care. Yeah. Um
3: Yeah, I mean sometimes that's how you have to do it. And and even like when I read uh, even like when I was reading the book, I always pronounced it Vi, but I was like, It can't be Vi. That that's too it's that's too easy.
4: It's short for Violet. Um I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like look, a one syllable name is always good in my opinion.
0: Mm. It's always entertaining when you hear an author name their own character, and they pronounce the name entirely different than you did because you yeah. read it. Yeah, right. Yeah. The uh, Lotho Master Bajold, the uh, uh, Lord Vorkosigan. Oh, really? Who for the first six books I read as Vorkosigan? Oh, because it was the Vor game So it was Vorkosigan.
4: I always thought it was Vorkosigan,
0: and she pronounces it Vorkosigan. So you know, okay, do what you need to do. Yeah. You right. know,
4: like, and I'm a big fan of the Wheel of Time, and people pronounce those names in all kinds of funny ways. You know, like, it. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, threads about, I thought it was Bridget, not Birgitta, you know. Whoa. Yeah, okay. right? Yeah, like, like the other <laughs> narrators pronounce it Birgitta. Um Really? You know, but it, yes, they do. And and uh, I, I think I pronounced uh, it Birgit or something when I read it. Anyway, uh, but I'm just uh, saying, like, Bridget. whatever, names are hard, fantasy names are a little weird. I don't personally care if you pronounce it Ariok, 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 you know, you can, you can pronounce it however, whatever makes you happy.
3: Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> yeah. As long as you read it, that's what matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Exactly. <laughs> hey, at least the torus is one syllable, but oh, I
3: God!
1: So many,
4: people, so many people have mispronounced that or, or spelled it like torch or, you know, troth or things like, I'm like, Thoth. you know? Guys. I'm like, look, it's five letters. It's five I know. Letters.
0: I was about to say. Troth? Okay. <laughs> Come Draw? on, man. Word order. Character order. Torth. Torth.
4: Yeah. So, look, I mean, I, I've seen it all at this point. I've seen people pronounce it in every way possible. <laughs> so, anyway, like like I said, it, it doesn't matter. You know, the story's what matters.
3: Yes. Indeed. Yeah. They, they, well, thank you for understanding, Abby, unlike some
1: yeah. people. Eric. <laughs>
3: okay so another bit of nerdy news between now and our next episode prince of persia the lost crown will be available published from ubisoft so dash into a stylish and thrilling action adventure platforming game set in a mythological persian world where the boundaries of time and space are yours to manipulate um wow where there was the premise somewhere stupid phone uh, it was here. I promise, it was here. Do you guys see it on your end?
0: What the link? Yeah, Prince of Persia. What are we looking for?
3: Well, there is a portion that actually detailed what the what the story is about. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I I just had to refresh. Um, unleash your inner warrior. Use your time powers, combat, and platforming skills to perform deadly combos and defeat time-corrupted enemies and mythological creatures. Acquire and equip new amulets at shopkeepers to play as you see fit. So you can lose yourself in the prodigious Mount Oath. Discover a cursed Persian inspired world filled with bigger than life landmarks. Explore a variety of highly detailed biomes, each with its own identity, wonders, and dangers. Use your wits to solve puzzles, find hidden treasures, and complete quests to learn more about this corrupted place. So you can immerse yourself into a Persian mythological fantasy through an intriguing and original story cross paths with colourful characters to better unravel the mysteries of of Mount Oaf. Um Did anyone play the original Prince of Persia?
2: No. Oh, okay. Wait. Which one? Like the Nintendo no, one or I... the like? Which which version are you talking about? There's there's the the original Nintendo Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I don't think I did. I think I got more into it when they did the Sands of Time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about uh, the PlayStation version.
3: Uh, I mean like old school, like NES version, like
2: the side scrolling ones. I might have. I
0: don't remember.
3: I like, want to say it might have been on the Atari, actually.
0: I do remember the side-scroller, and I also played uh, the first you know, graphic version that was beautiful oh. and a real pain in the butt to play. The Science the of Time one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was one of those that, you know, we've talked about that before, that there are some of them where, that, where the timing and the hand-eye coordination are so critical to the gameplay, yeah. and I'm not that kind of a player. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm
3: But to put all that being said, it seems like this one is actually going back to the original, original, like the NES version where it's side scrolling and you're pretty much going through and, and and there's a lot of platforming and there's a lot of puzzle solve, uh, puzzle solving in this. So, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting that they're kind of going back to their roots. To a sense, because going back to what Eric was implying, a lot of people when they think of Prince of Persia or the "quote unquote" original Persia, uh, Prince of Persia, they automatically think of Sands of Time, and people don't realize, well, especially like younger audiences, they probably don't realize that there was a a game well before that, like when we were still talking about eight bits and stuff. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool, and 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 it's still made by uh, Ubisoft because Ubisoft made the. Original, if I recall correctly. But yeah, uh that's going to be available uh January eighteenth. And um yeah, Principal So whatever the case, folks, if you want to stay up to date with our sci-fi or Facebook recommendations along with updates in nerd culture, be sure to check out the Storage.com website along with our Facebook group. So to that end, folks, uh how about we talk up the nerdy stuff that we've been up to since our holiday break uh starting with you abby um so i mean i i get it we get you you were you were understandably more likely busy prepping up for the publish uh public uh publishing of book two um did did we get a chance to do anything uh beyond that during your break
4: yeah um let's see like so i did finish watching foundation season two um i'm giving it a thumbs up it was better than season one Oh, great. Okay. Yes, right. yes. I, I'm i calling it fake foundation because it's not really based on foundation. It's more like it's inspired by it.
3: Yeah, um, sometimes you got to do that.
4: You got to do that. But I mean, yeah. as long as you can just like completely just be like, this is not Isaac Asimov's foundation. Um, <clears throat> it's actually pretty good sci-fi. They Season two is more well-written. It's a fun story. And the acting is great. The production value is great. They have all kinds of really cool special effects. I'd say it's like probably the best sci-fi I've seen since The Expanse. Um, yeah, so so it's worth checking out. Um, nice. I've begun to watch The Peripheral, which is based on William Gibson's newest book, and so far I'm not hugely impressed, but it's it's sort of like on the level of Silo, like The Wool thing they did the wool adaptation so it's all right um it's i'm i'm two episodes in i'll, I'll probably keep watching it but it's like eh, i don't know okay um i've been watching reacher because you know i'm a woman
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i was trying not to smirk but as soon as you said Reacher, i was like yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> look, i mean all right
0: look
3: <laughs> Hey, no shame, no shame. We get it, we get it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Speaking of intense violence,
3: <laughs>
0: Among yeah, it's, other it's things. It's
4: very, very, casually violent. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a hot guy doing casually. Yeah, violent
0: I was about to say, assault. and it's a beautiful and specimen of a human being. Even ability. bigger than before. Even more I know, bro. Right? You like, right?
3: Yeah. What in the world? He
0: was pretty freaking impressive in the in the first season. In season yeah. two, yeah, just like, my first <laughs>
4: I like that there's kind of like this humor thing going on with it where it's like you He's know this guy
3: eat like a chicken a
2: day at this point. <laughs>
4: right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <A>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or
2: yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Generous. But yeah, the Minimal. banter with his crew is really funny. I like I like the banter with his team.
4: Yeah, I like the fact that he only owns a toothbrush. He doesn't have any money. He's just like like yeah, you know, like like I don't have a phone. I don't have I don't own a suitcase. I don't own clothes. He just like takes what he wants. It. <laughs> Keep it simple. Keeping it
0: simple. And I'm so. sorry, there is something delightful about a guy, about this giant man walking up to the cop car that's been st- stalking him. St- hitting it with his foot and causing the airbag to deploy. Yeah, <laughs> <it's hilarious. laughs> because when he hits it, when Reacher hits your car, it's been hit. Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so
4: I, I approve of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to do a little shout out for All the Skills by Honor Ray, Um. which is a book mm-hmm. I just enjoyed very much. Excellent book. Okay. this is the kind of book that people should read so i mean i'm just having a lot of fun with like some lit rpg um crazy books like that so all the skills is lit rpg um and it's kind of like a little bit making fun of the dragon rider theme or the dragon rider trope uh-huh. um and it's it's very well done it's just it's just like kind of very entertaining okay so, yeah nice yeah
3: I will add that. I added. will um, add that one to the list. Oh, I
4: could keep recommending books all day. I mean, you guys know I read a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, But that one, that one, um, I highly recommend. Yes.
3: Sure. Nice. Is it uh, uh Is it audible?
4: It is indeed. Okay.
0: And then, what about you, Mister Parkin? Um, I didn't read very much. Um, I spent a lot of time doing. You know we're working and shaping and refining,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but me being me, I uh, watched the first thirty episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho. Went back and, for reasons oh. I cannot explain, in my mind I had conflated Yu Yu Hakusho with, um, with uh, tension. Oh, oh man. So-
3: Surprise, surprise, man. Yeah, <laughs> so when I went wow. to
0: watch it and realized, oh, that's not that. That's <laughs> something entirely different. Yeah. Yes. Very yeah. different.
3: <sighs> So So did you even watch the original anime? Because I take it you're talking about the you're watching. No, Netflix I went back and watched
0: it like- because I saw the thing on Netflix and okay. wanted to watch enough of the original anime to find okay. out whether the Netflix uh, adaptation was okay. any good. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I watched the first thirty episodes of the anime, then watched the first two episodes of the uh of the, the live, action. live action version. Mm-hmm. They're similar and yet not the same. It is a reimagination as mm-hmm. they often are it updates it a lot because to be clear uh the original series Yu Yu Hakusho was you know kind of following up on Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and it's very much a fight of the week um yeah yeah show and there's nothing wrong with that but you have to really like that to to stick through 164 episodes or whatever yes. it ended up being yeah yeah um my son just finished by the way One Piece uh you know 100 oh, wow. episodes loves it recommended it that I watch it and I'm just like dude no 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 no, no. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> I echo that sentiment
0: I struggled enough with 368 episodes of bleach um so which I watched all of twice wow uh then I went back and watched the canon only version twice more anyway um so it is what it is. It's very classic, right? You, Hakusho. Um, I think I mentioned last time that I had also watched, uh, Gungrave, which I had again mm-hmm. conflated my mind with Trigun. Not the very same different. Thing. No, very not different. the same thing at all. I liked Gungrave. Highly recommend it. If you're into a little bit of a darkish, uh, story about mobsters. Anyway, um, I thought the re- I thought the live action remake was actually quite good. Uh, is it the original? No. It takes a slightly different emphasis. It emphasizes different points, but it's really well done visually. And, uh, and I appreciated it. Okay. Nice. For what it's worth. Yeah. Um, watched an odd flick that I got out of the dollar bin at, uh, on DVD out of the dollar bin because the title is, is my son's name. My son, my youngest son is named Griffin. And so when I saw a movie in the dollar bin called Griff, the invisible, I had to buy it because uh-huh. I was just curious. Uh, turns out it's a superhero. It's an Australian from 2010 superhero movie. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe Griff has a Walter Mitty problem. <laughs> oh, no. and it's all in his head oh. Oh. until he meets a girl who he's also Australian. has <laughs> it in her head and maybe they're good for each other maybe they reinforce each other's worst aspects a really nice almost sweet mm-hmm. love story and story of for anyone who's ever been a nerd and felt completely undisconnected Unconnectable to the world as other people choose to live in it. Mm-hmm. Who has ever been bullied by the by the the smarmy guy at work or the jock turned CEO because that's what by the all of them Apparently, mm-hmm. right? This hits you where you live. I loved it. I highly recommend it. Okay. But it is not a happy story, nor is it a sad one. It's a thoughtful story, right. yeah. and I appreciated that. Okay. I happen to really like that kind of thing. Um, also watched a series on Netflix called uh, uh, "Gang Creature." Uh, it's a new K horror uh, Korean mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, it,
3: go ahead. But <laughs> you said, you said Korean it is horror, so I know.
0: <laughs> it is horror. It is violent. It is a lot of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. A lot of dead bodies. I'm At one sure point, it is the main, you know, one of the main characters in attempting to escape the, the military hospital wherein human experimentation is going on, leaps out a window and falls onto a literally 15 foot tall pile of human bones. Um, it's not nice. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I really enjoyed it. It is season one, and it's definitely very clearly set itself up for season two. Oh, so it's a series. It's a series. So well, there's ten, more of it. There's it's a lot 10 68-minute it. episodes, um, and it's season one with season two having been announced by Netflix as coming, based on a Korean web uh, show. So
3: uh, if you can tolerate the violence— such- such slice of life and so light-hearted, sweet K dramas. How did they go from <laughs> doing that to make? I tell you what, so the Co-
0: when the Koreans go dark, they go all the way. Yeah,
3: man, exactly.
0: Um, <laughs> Gully G Willikers, wow.
3: Batman. I guess they- it's because since they, since they, since uh, since their their stories are so light-hearted and and so tamed by Western audience standards. Once it gets to no, once they. Can unleash. I'm like, man,
0: they have to let it all out. Like, some man. of this, some of that, some of the other thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was really intriguing to me is this the story is set in 1945 in Korea. And it surprised me because as an American, when I think of the epitome of all that is bad and evil in the world, what do I think of? World well, War II? A Nazi, in right? Course, yeah. The Nazis are the embodiment of all that is wrong in everything. In this show from Korea set in 1945. Yeah. The Japanese are in the role of Nazi and behave as we would think of Nazis Mm -hmm. with depraved indifference, with cruelty, with, with, you know, grotesque disdain for the lives of Koreans. And that hit me so powerfully Mm -hmm. that, uh, of course, each culture has its own experiences with other nations that were too evil to be understood yeah. in traditional terms hmm
3: especially from a Western standpoint we right. really kind of yeah and like I said I mean I said World War two and when people think of war War Two or the "quote unquote" bad guys of World War Two, they immediately think of Germany
0: and the Nazis. But that's but, the thing: is for right the the, the Japanese uh, occupied uh, Manchuria in 1910. Yeah, uh, man, uh, they occupied Korea in 1912, and uh, were there's not some, kind for the next. There 30, There's some years. stories, man. Yeah, there are some um, stories in a way that is uniquely culturally Japanese. And to be clear, um, there was a lot of horrifying cruelty now having said that my nation also had uh, the trail of tears it also had slavery it also had the japanese internment camps of Mm -hmm. world war ii it had a lot of no finger pointing here right right but it was just it was really intriguing for me to see that that switch of of what uniform the bad guy was wearing yeah um and to see the 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 social racial animus that was at play here because mm-hmm. it was powerful, it was resonant, and I really enjoyed it, but it is very dark in that sense mm-hmm. It is about people discovering their own humanity in a situation wherein humanity is not valued right um uh, so for what it's worth uh I recommend it highly uh cool. if if you're able to tolerate that sort of thing right. Uh, and it is very much that sort of thing. It has both Netflix disease and uh, Squid Game's disease. It's, it's. I would argue, better than Squid Game's. Um, but that's just me. So, and that was cool. it,
3: more or less. All right. Very good. Very good. And what about you, Mr. E.?
2: uh yeah so i watched the first two episodes of you Hakusho. show um why is it that
0: all of us like yeah you know, I know, past past the two past first two. it looked really good yeah and <laughs> i wanted to find out yeah,
2: yeah. i mean i en- I enjoyed it. it it as scott said yeah it's they've upped the times and it, it definitely needed it mm-hmm. um <clears throat> you know i was watching i was like yeah i can see some of the arcs they cut out some of the you know story they cut out you know that they they did for this um You know, I I will watch the third episode eventually. Uh, I I plan to, you know, it's, it's a fun series. I think, I think it's very enjoyable. I think they did some smart cuts. We'll see how it goes. Um, I watched, uh, Reacher, you know, I'm on, I watched, I'm caught up to it currently. What's going on for season two? Yeah. Yeah. See, I
0: made the mistake of, of they said that season two came out on November, on a, sorry, December 15th. Yeah. December 15th, I went to, to Amazon and I watched it. And only three episodes were out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hate people that do that. You know? <laughs> if you said you're going to announce the series, release the series, not some <laughs> tiny portion of it. Yeah. You're n- so now. I'm not going to watch it until it's done. Sorry. No,
4: I think it's smart of them to do that because it's like a shared cultural experience, and people can talk about it episode by y- episode. For yeah. those of
0: you who actually go out into the world, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a basement yeah.
2: dweller, and such is life. So, <laughs> yeah. So- well, I am enjoying it. I think it's, a, it's a really a lot of fun from the first season. Uh, it's really nice to see this, you know, the first season, he was a little more lighthearted by himself. This one, he's actually, he's a little more, it's supposed to be like the, the theme is he's a little more brutal. You see the more brutal side of Reacher, but it's kind of nice to see his banter with his teammates. That's been a lot of fun. Um, let me, let's see. I've also been watching, uh, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Um, sorry, Scott, you want to say something?
0: i can say a quick comment on Reacher. Um, one of the things that's really intriguing is often a second season or a quote unquote prequel is not very good. I would argue that the second season introduces a depth to the character of Reacher that was hinted at in season one, but is oh, now yeah. fleshed out in a way that makes watching season one again really intriguing.
2: Well, yeah, because I mean, I know like my brother thinks read the books and he talked about like this is yeah. the eleventh book where they said they delve more into Reacher's like anger and his more like violent yeah. side. Where throughout most of the books, it's hinted at that he's very controlled, has very much control of it, but when he lets it loose, he lets it loose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like I said, it, it's it's been a joy watching it for that. Um, and, uh Legacy of Monsters is from Monarch. That's been a lot. I've actually really been enjoying that one. My wife and I watched that. It's it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, Godzilla-esque and kind of expanding, doing a little more backstory about that world. Um, so it, it's been pretty interesting.
4: For some reason, I thought you were talking about like the Venture Brothers monarch.
1: Oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would see that. I loved I loved the, the monarch and, and uh what is it, uh Dr. Girlfriend yeah. and Threat- Brock Samson. That that series was so yeah. much fun. Yeah.
4: I uh, I actually forgot to mention I watched the movie of that.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 That was like, I like that one. That was a fun series and, and they always, you could always tell that they're just really goofy. Um, let me think. Uh, I've also watched, uh, finally, uh, finished, uh, Fearon the first season and they've already started the second season, which, which is pretty rare. You know, they announced as soon as their first season ended, the second season was coming out the very next week. So they've already started the second season of Fearon, uh, Beyond Journey's End, mm-hmm. uh, which you know so i i'm still loving that series still very good um season 1 since it's done yeah um i've been watching uh spy x family season 2 uh which is which again it's still just really goofy really funny just over the top kind of a, it has a little bit of slice of life but just it, it's one of those just funny shows to watch
1: yeah
2: very good palette kind of very, very good palate cleanser
3: yeah
2: 100% um let me think here. I've been I'm trying to think of anything else I watch for move on to gaming. Um watching wise I'm trying to think. What uh oh yes, I watched the first episode of Echo. Um I would say it's 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 looking interesting so far. Okay. Um from how my my brother described it, one of the plans they have is to have a like a kingpin character be like a thanos for the marvel street universe characters mm-hmm. just like you know what I would be i'd love that because in the comics that's how he is you have a mm-hmm. bunch of heroes who kind of cross over because kingpin is their villain so i'm kind of looking forward to seeing how they go with that um and then i've been watching the what if series which i i love this is one that i think they've done a really good job on the second season i think they've improved upon it done picked uh some more Stories that either have been really funny, kind of heartfelt. Um, so it's been, that one's been a fun one. I highly recommend watching those ones. And they really don't need, you really don't need much backstory and characters. It helps if you have some, but it's been just kind of a fun series to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, then gaming wise, I've been playing, um, Final Fantasy XIV, as always, Boulder's Gate 3. Uh, and then I went, I've been going back and been playing, uh, the Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man original game again. And then uh bookwise, I actually started reading the original Chronicles of Ruria, because, uh, you know, the prequel series that he he wrote. Um, I finished the first one, and uh, that was one thing I was going to ask you guys, I, cause I was kind of curious, because, uh, Abby, you would know, at least in my opinion, I really felt that Hardian's... Decision to go help Royce in that book. It's mentioned a lot in, in Hadrian, the original ones. Hadrian. Hadrian sorry, Hadrian. <laughs> sorry, Hadrian's. <laughs> hey, Hadrian. Pronunciations. Sorry, yes, pronunciations. <laughs> yes. Hadrian's decision to go help Royce. I, I was like, there, you know, it, it kind of just seems like he was really struggling to find a motivation of why Hadrian would go help Royce. I was kind of occurring. Have you guys ever had that issue of trying to find a solid reason for? Like, hey, I really need this fight scene to happen, but I really can't find the motivation of why this character would want to do it.
4: Not in my Torth series. I daydreamed that whole thing. It's possible in my new series I'll run into something like that. um,
3: And like I said, when um, I I said one portion, like, sometimes you got to let the story take care of itself. And, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are cool and I can, I, well, let me speak for myself. There are a lot of scenes in my head that I find that's like, oh man, that would be really cool if such and such and such and such can interact in this, you know, aspect. But if, but I mean, you, you, if there's no substance of it to the story, then you keep that personal bit of inner fan fiction where it belongs in your head. If it doesn't do anything to embellish or enrich the story.
2: Well, I mean, like, I understood why Hadrian had to do it, but I was more like, this really doesn't feel like much motivation of why he would go help Royce. Considering at this point they still really hate each other.
4: I vaguely remember that it's been years since I read it, so I, I don't remember
2: his his. They said that the motivation was he was tired of seeing people being killed when he goes and kills three people to protect Royce. And I was like, well, you, you kind, of, I was like, you kind of hate yeah. Royce at this point. Your motivation is I don't want to see people die, and you go kill three people to help a guy you hate. I was like, it, kind of well, the motivation. He
4: never, he never really hated Royce. He was always a big teddy bear. Just, just, bear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't friends at that point. They definitely were not. <laughs> but like I said, I, that was more just semi curious on your opinion now, because it was, like I said, it just, it felt like he was struggling to find a motivation of why Hadrian would actually go back and help Royce.
4: Yeah, it could be honestly, I like, I don't remember that. Like, so I read like the the Ryria, Ryria Chronicles, like the six book series. Um, but I guess I haven't read anything else. Like like there was a prequel series.
2: So so Revelations was the first. Revelations yeah. he released first, and then Chronicles is the prequel series that goes back and and gives more detail about some of the references they make in Chronicles. I mean, sorry, Revelations. Oh,
4: okay, okay, yeah, no, I, I read like a few novellas that were prequels, and that was it. I, I
2: don't. Okay. That, yeah. Okay, yeah, didn't know if you read that because, like the oh, first one's they, if you remember like in the books they talk about the uh the Crown Tower, one the one that got them really famous.
1: Right. And and, right. and
2: that, that's what the first book covers is the Crown Tower where they really do not like each other. Like they don't really get along with each other. Because you know, Royce thinks he's a goody two shoes that uh Hadrian's a goody two shoes and uh Hadrian thinks that Royce is a cold blooded killer.
4: <laughs> well, fair enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that yeah, not wrong, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's, that's what I've been reading, uh, and doing.
1: Okay.
3: That's- Very cool. Uh, well, let me go down my list. Um, I watched, uh, Rebel Moon on Netflix from, uh, that's, uh, Zack Snyder's la- latest film. It, it's going to the, the, theaters. I mean, it might have opened up in certain theaters, but it was a big Netflix release. And the, 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 the first, well, part one of Rebel Moon, uh, came out uh, during our, during our break, and so I watched that. Um, I just, and if, if anyone's like been watching what the, or been trying to follow what the description or what the basic synopsis of it is, and I told this to Eric, I, um, it's pretty much a retelling of the Seven Samurai, or if you want to be a little more recent, quote unquote, recent, Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Um, I, I, it was so funny because eventually, like, I, I, when I started to catch onto it, I started to count down, like, how many people were starting to join this motley crew. I was like, wait a minute. Four, five. Wait a minute. I see what you guys are doing here. The whole premise and everything. thing. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. A lot of people are griping about it. It's like, eh, it's just a ripoff of, uh, of this magnificent seminar. And then I
0: go, scares <coughs> me at seven, the samurai, seven samurai because I'm a nerd. Sorry. <laughs> you, you realize but, that Lucas got C3PO and R2D2 from hidden yes, fortress, right? Yes. It's yes. a Kurosawa film.
3: Come on, guys! It's not like people are just so quick to say rip off and stuff like that, just to be like whatever. But anyway, so I yeah, so it's deeply it, it like it's a retelling of of a great story, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, unless they're like making it. Yeah, as long as they're making it their own, which is what they're doing. Um. So um, I I, I liked it. I didn't like it quite as much as I thought i would um i'm more or less I, I i would consider myself a Zack snyder fan um generally speaking i i absolutely loved uh 300 uh i loved Watchmen i'm one of those rare people who actually enjoyed men of steel even though that's kind of unpopular well i mean i i think it's gotten a little more accepted since people kind of warmed up to Henry Cavill. But I remember when it first came out, everyone was like, no, no, this isn't, this is, this is a bad movie. But anyway, whatever the case. So, so I went in, um not not with high expectations. I wanted to go in and, you know, to enjoy the movie for what it was, but I was still like, uh, it's so, it, it was okay. It was okay. Um I'm glad I didn't have to, pay money for it besides my Netflix this uh, subscription otherwise i might have been a little more perturbed but i mean i for so to that end i mean it was a fun movie the thing that really got me surprisingly was Zack snyder's reliance on his slow motion stuff and he does he, he does that very well. And that's one of the reasons why I i actually liked a lot of those films is because it's very cinema, the cinematography is, is, it can only be done in, in film. But for me, when he did it in this film in particular, I felt it was taking me out. Like the immersion was, it, it, it kind of turned, you know, it, it kind of like lifted the veil that I was like, oh, right. Um, and maybe that's just, be- and maybe that it's just because that's become such a, a a branded aspect of him. So when I see it now, I'm I'm like, oh, all right, Zack Snyder. Whereas before, I was just like, oh, wow. But so but beyond that, it, it was okay. And um, when the second installment comes out in April, I'm um, I'm gonna check it out. Um, so it was fun. Um, like. Eric and Scott, I only watched the first two <laughs> episodes of Yu Yu show live action. Not to say it was a bad thing. I mean, like Eric said, I'm definitely going to finish. You no, know, I'm I'm gonna go and, and and finish watching the rest of them. Um, and I, I, so I won't take up too much time on describing that. Since uh, I think both Scott and Eric, uh, uh, pretty much summarized it very well. Um, it's it's. It's definitely uh, a refined telling uh, uh, of of the story. Um, uh, they did do a couple, like like they said, they did do some minor alterations. It's because it's it's definitely not like uh, the other week format, which I, I think that's totally fine. Um, they're just moving a lot of wrong with stuff. Um, Yosuke. Oh, one thing is uh, Yosuke is older in this because um, that I um, it was Yusuke. And we're not going to do this. <laughs> pronunciation matters. <laughs> what did Abby say? What did Abby say? <laughs> okay. But well, anyway, um, in the anime or in the manga and anime, he was 14 and in this, he's 17. And it, you know, it, it having a kid beat up and be a delinquent as, you, you you might be able to get away with that in manga and anime, but it's a little maybe maybe it, it might be tough to see in in live action stuff. So I had no grips in that. I mean he he still he's still he's still a kid, all, all things and and the the people oh and that's one thing I'll say the people who they got to portray the characters wow, uh two episodes in um I. I think they did a good call on on the people that they have, uh, portraying the characters. Um, so what else was there? Um, um, Eric had to keep me from jumping off a cliff because Baldur's Gate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I I had uh, I got to a tough spot in Baldur's Gate, and I really really wanted to enjoy it, just because I mean everyone is raving about it, and I was getting frustrated with it specifically because um I, I'm the type of person when I play a game I'm either playing it on normal or hard difficulty, and this instance I was like oh well I really don't want to have to worry about like the difficulty, so I. I lowered the difficulty down to, uh, I think they just call it adventurer. So it's pretty much on easy and I was struggling even on easy. So that made that kind of hurt my ego, I guess. So when they, so when I was struggling with these bosses, and I was barely surviving or having to repeat. I was just like, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. I, I, I just can't do this. So that being said, um, what was it, like a couple of weeks ago? I, I um I, I went back and tried it again and, and went to a different area th- just just to try it out and it's it's gotten better. I I did take another break, so I haven't finished it yet. And it is a long game, so it's going to be a marathon not a sprint. So I have been playing Ballers Gate.
0: Um uh, Is that one of those where you ha where you can spend two weeks on one boss fight?
2: Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's D and D. You just have
0: to go through and learn it. It's just, you have to.
2: Spend yeah. I mean, time. So, so when I was doing the beta, cause again, I, I've been playing the game since, I think, actually, since I think alpha, actually. Um, and you know, they, they release certain stuff, but like, it took me a while to get used to it. Cause I was like, okay, I have to get out of the, cause again, I had, I'd never played much D and D. Like, I I'd played some of the previous Boulder Gates a little bit, but I didn't remember it. And yeah. you really have to get out of that, that mindset of being, Hey, my character's the hero. I can run and do everything I want. It's like, no, no. You actually have to strategize. You have to kind of figure out how this boss is attacking and, and kind of position yourself. Because if your team's not in a good position, you're going to be hurting during the battle. Yeah.
0: Well, if it's open, if it's semi-open world where you can actually do things slightly out of order and end up going yes. up against a boss that is more than you're currently able to handle, yeah, you don't know that and you try yeah. it anyway, and you keep going and going and going, and eventually you beat it, but it took you 40 hours a game.
3: Yeah. yeah, and Eric explained that to me. Like, apparently, I was in an area that I had no business being in, but since it was open world, I was like, we and Apparently, yeah, yeah was in the wrong spot. But this I mean, game also
2: highly built upon like you learn something, you beat a boss, you learn more information. Yeah. And as you get information, it makes it much easier to fight because otherwise, you like this. As I told my wife, and she goes, "Oh, what I like to say?" I go, "No, I go." You literally mm-hmm. have to talk to people mm-hmm. in this game. If you don't talk to NPCs in this game, you can lose critical information yeah. that like you can't react to. So like when you go to talk to someone, they don't like if you haven't talked to that NPC. You don't have the option to select that. So it might say, like, hey, this person's weakness is fire. But if you never talk to that person to find that out, you can't select, I, you know, throw a torch at this person before the battle begins. And Eric will tell you, like, I'm
3: the type of person, uh, I, I really love, want to play certain games just for the story. And if I get stuck on, on any, or if I get a hiccup, like if I'm, like, if I'm playing a game that has a really captivating story, but then there's a puzzle that you have to solve. I will, I will rage quit on it just because of like, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. I just want to progress. And, and that was the thing that was also getting to me in Ballers Gate. I was enjoying the story up to that point, And I was like, I want to get through this so I can get back to learning a, about what's going on because I'm the type of person. Um, no, I, I, I want to, I want to talk to everybody. I want to see exactly what, what's going on. I want to see how like the, the, how these characters are, what the world is like, and everything. Um, but if there's like any aspect, whether it's a puzzle, whether it's a boss that might hinder me from that, I can
2: get really, really flustered. Um, what game was it? You kept calling me in to do the puzzles for you. Um, um, um Uncharted. Uncharted. That's it. Yeah, cause I remember. I remember. I'd be sitting. You go. E, get up here. I have a puzzle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
3: So, for what is worth of uh, pe- uh, going there with faces. Um, I will say, I, uh, Scott, I, it's not like, uh, I, I want to say it's like, uh, a, a freaking, um, where, who's that, 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 that studio, the people. Who- Dark Souls? Yeah. Uh, I'm having a brain fire of that studio. Starts with an F. Uh, holy crap. That's bothering me. Now I gotta look it up. Uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. They freaking made Eld- elder ring.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um come on, come on. From, from software. Holy crap, jeez. Yeah, it's not like a from software where like it it you have to get good, quote unquote, but you just do have to go in with a little bit of understanding. You just can't hack your slasher way in there. And apparently you can't do that on the easiest difficulty as well.
2: But no, no, if you have some d and d background, it helps a little bit' because you kind of realize, oh, if I actually piss off this village this village, the entire village is gonna attack me, and I can't like run away and hide. They will keep attacking me and kill me. And that's the other thing that uh really really
3: piqued my interest because that's what the real big sales pitch of the game was. Um it's like the level of freedom that you have with this game. It's It's like you're playing an actual d and d game because it was like, well, um do you oh my gosh, I can't use that example because that' be spoilers, but pretty much like if you have like certain equipment in your inventory, you can go into um an area and hey, you can apply this uh equipment that you have in your inventory like do you have poison uh go ahead and poison the boss before you have to fight them uh do you do you have a uh do you have a, a charm uh that that can hypnotize people you can go in there and use that on that entire village or or, or, or pretty much like if, if you can do it when with all your friends when you're rolling dices in, in, in real life you, you can do that in Baldur's Gate 3 and so um um trying to temper my patience just so I can ex- experience and and appreciate the story in that in that aspect but for what for what's worth of um, from um, after I got over that that initial hump it, it it got a lot better it got a lot better and so I'm I'm definitely enjoying it and so um I look forward to getting back to it once when I can but uh, that is going to cover everything from my end. So uh, I think that's going to wrap things up for this uh, Nerdy Chat episode. So uh, be sure to follow up with us in a couple of weeks where we will start our first Story by Nerds segment. Um, but whatever the case, folks, if you uh, like these Nerdy Chat episodes or these Story by Nerds, I miss, be sure to give us a like, heart, thumbs up uh to the source of this podcast whether that is itunes spotify google play iHeartRadio, radio etc cetera, et cetera. you get the idea by this point but folks that's going to do it for this episode of the story story podcast hey i'm rafael jordan y'all keep thinking big on a collective level and this is scott abby and eric signing off. mr park what is going to be the final send-off to our listeners
0: and yes and yes <laughs>